0: Hello and welcome. To another episode of What They Don't Tell You at the Hair Salon. It's me, your favorite indie author extraordinaire, Ladosha Wright, A.K.A. Key Lolo, coming to you live and direct from Cleveland, Ohio. Where currently it's still cold outside. That's right, guys. I know it's springtime, but it's actually still cold. I just got off the road. Ten hours stuck on 70 West. But hey, we're alive. We're alive. We're alive. And aren't we so excited? We've got a wonderful, wonderful podcast is jumping off. Today, I've got somebody so wonderful. I've been dying to have this discussion. I'm just so excited to have the one and only Robin Hill is going to be uh, coming on in a few moments. But before I bring her on, you guys know the routine. I always start off with my favorite three things right and that's uh those are uh the current events so um We got three juicy current events. So the first one, now, you see, I started off with, you know, coming to you live and direct. If you know anything about live and direct, you know, I'm talking about the legendary, the one and only Blastmaster K-R-S-1. So I am a hip hop fan. I am an old school hip hop head. And so I would like to send my condolences and my heart felt you know just just i just can't believe that dj k slay is no longer with us just just definitely a favorite So I am a DJ K-Slay fan, so I'm sorry to hear, you know, um, that unfortunately of his untimely death. So I would like to start my podcast off, um, you know, just one little moment of silence for DJ K-Slay because music, you know, it makes the world go round and he definitely used his talent to, uh, you know, bring some joy into our lives with just five good seconds uh, dedicated to DJ K-Slay. Okay. Rest in peace, King. Rest in peace. Um, next up, I also want to talk about the one and only the legendary uh, Andre Leon Talley. You guys got to check out. He's got a wonderful, wonderful final interview uh, uh, with uh, Henry Louis Gates, if you guys know who I'm sorry, Dr. Henry Louis Gates, he's famous for, you know, um, tracing people's roots, you know, back. He he likes to, you know, follow the celebrities and then follow their roots and trace them back uh, to their humble beginnings. And he did a wonderful, wonderful uh, closing uh, interview with the fashion extraordinaire, the impresario Andre Leon Talley. I was definitely a big fan of his. He was so classy, so you know so full of you know he was vivacious and different and bold and when i heard that he just passed away alone and without all of his respect and recognition i was really devastated i actually cried so this is a wonderful interview you want to check it out um and again it's with Andre Leon Talley and it's with him and Henry Louis Gates Jr and of course there's going to be some other celebrities that's going to be in this lineup but i'm certain that this one is one you don't want to miss. Now, I know you guys are tired of hearing about the slap, but remember, I've got someone special that's going to help us unpack the slap okay and we're going to talk about why this is so important so I'm just going to just one more time you know uh, a few weeks ago unfortunately at the um, the Oscars you know Will Smith kind of you know responded to Jada and then he got the slap and so on and so forth and so now he's got some repercussions you know um, for his his, uh, you know uh, I don't know. We got we got our 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 guest is gonna come in and help us unpack, you know, the mental health issues and everything. I'm gonna talk about why this is so important to me. Um, so he is just trying to, you know, make his way through this process of his choices. And so, um, I'm not for violence in any capacity. Um, so I'm wishing Will Smith, uh, some help and some well wishes along the way on his very personal and private journey because mental health is very is very real and clearly he's definitely going through something and we do know we are aware supposedly that he's getting some help and so speaking of getting some health as it relates to mental health i'm so proud to have my dear friend miss robin heal finally i've always (laughs) wanted to interview you because you're just so cool so welcome robin how thank you you for
1: having me i am doing well thank you for inviting me i'm so happy to be here
0: Oh my goodness, goodness gracious. So, you guys, y'all know on my podcast, I just love to keep it 100. And it is no big secret that my career as a cosmetologist was actually fueled by my career um, as an outreach worker, where I probably like to boast that I was in the trenches. But today, I have someone here who's a little bit more in the trenches than I was in a different capacity. And again, I'm welcome. I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm so So happy to welcome Miss Robin Hill. She is a um, a licensed uh, professional counselor, and she's currently working on her doctorate, studying uh, community care counseling with a focus in trauma and traumatology. Um, She is the co-founder of Black Christian. Therapist Network. She is a published author, by the way, guys. And she also has her own podcast called The Pause. And it's all about self-care and wellness. So again, Robin, I want us to unpack the importance of mental health. And the reason why this is so important is because of the slap. Now, Mm. um, um, people don't understand how hair is really, really, really important to mental health. And I would have to say, personally, from my experience as an outreach worker, I was surprised to find out how important hair is and how people feel about mm-hmm. themselves. So before I get into all of my, 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 Barrage of interview questions. Um, <laughs> are you familiar? Have are you aware of that? Um, as a licensed professional counselor, um,
1: there's a there's a variety of things that affect the way a person feels about themselves, but definitely personal appearance is one of them. In hair, definitely, because you know um, it's an extension of who we are. We it's a part of our perception of beauty in 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 America. So. Um, when we define it as a standard of beauty and you lose that standard of beauty, um, then it, you know, it, it, then you struggle with defining self. And so that, that's where the struggle comes in. Um, and then there's also other factors that goes along with it. If in the case that, um, you know, we, we learn that Jada suffers with alopecia, you know, there's a whole, um, stress component that goes along with it. Alopecia is a autoimmune disorder, which means that there's a overactive stress response. So there's a whole emotional component that goes along with the losing of the hair. Right. Um, so there's a whole mental health piece to that that is not being discussed. Um, it's not just a matter of your hair is just falling out. So um it's it is much bigger than um then then even probably what she's speaking of. She's probably just speaking about, you know, my hair is falling out, which it could be from getting older, could be from overprocessing or whatever. But if it is a very if it's a stress response, then that's the, the topic that we probably need to be talking more about than um what we have been talking about.
0: Exactly. And this is why I'm so honored to have you um Um, you know, as a guest on my podcast. And I'm certain that everyone who's listening, you guys are really going to appreciate this interview because Robin is one of those uh, counselors who really do care I know mm-hmm. a lot of time people do feel like you know therapists are just their counselors or you know they're just on the other side of the of the couch or the desk and they're like mm-hmm, whatever <laughs> uh, but that's not true um, I can just attest to that from my personal experience working alongside um, licensed professional counselors and of course also being supervised uh, by licensed professional counselors that um, these are a group of people who truly do care Care, and Robin is one of those people and so I asked her to participate you know, on this podcast for this very reason because she is one of those uh, licensed professional counselors who actually care and so she pointed out that you know I like to say what I did learn as an outreach worker that it's not about vanity it's really about sanity and so mm-hmm. she just kind of definitely set us up for this interview for us to understand that you know, um our mental health, it definitely goes through some changes for various reasons. But you know what? Um that's normal. Um and we do know that there was an interview where Jada Pink was very comfortable with her image. And then a few nights later she just wasn't. And I just want to say, Robin, would you agree that's normal? <laughs> that someday
1: <laughs> you feel good about Yes. Some days she... yes. I mean it's an ever change you know when you you And I'll be candid, you know, those I've told you about my hair falling out since I was in my teens, it started falling out. And, you know, um, when you, you know, when you have used to have a mane full of hair (laughs) and could do every style you used to want to do with it. And now you, you know, you taking every vitamin you can to hold on to what you got. You know, it's very, it's life changing you know, to just see yourself transforming. And then to put on top of that, just the whole aging component. I know we like to, you know, we want to age gracefully. But as women, our bodies go through so many changes um, just as we get older. And we're trying our best to age gracefully, but it's a lot of changes just going through that, the hormonal shifts and all of that. And so, yeah, one day you are fine and you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm this age and fabulous. And then the next day you're looking like, <sighs> this, ain't this, working. Is this, right. this is tough, this That's is so- tough.
0: Right. And so what we want, we want everybody who's listening right now, we want you guys to understand that number one, we do, we are advocates that all feelings are normal. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, some days you do feel good. As a matter of fact, let's just be honest. It could be moment by moment. One second, you're feeling really good. And the next second, you're not feeling so good, but it's how we cope
1: with mm-hmm. that now
0: i did walk away that is exactly how i got into hairstyling because i realized that a lot of the families that i was working with they didn't have any coping mechanisms and mm-hmm. so i thought you know what let's use hair uh, taking care of yourself as one of the ways to help cope with the ins and outs, the ebb and flow of life. I mean, nothing, hair is like yoga, you know, mm-hmm. it'll stretch you and it'll test you. And you're like, oh, but you can, you can really get through. So with that saying, um, uh, and we just made everybody aware that we Both are strong proponents, we're advocates that all feelings are normal, but because people Mm -hmm. are so concerned and maybe even leery, and then some of you guys might actually love your counselor. Can you just uh, help everybody understand what is a counselor and what is the role of a licensed professional counselor?
1: Okay, so the role of a therapist, um, we are an impartial listening ear. Um, we do have a clinical toolbox. So we're not just a, your friend that you can chat with, but we do have a clinical toolbox that we we listen impartially, but we also help guide you and help you to see the blind spots of maybe of how you're not seeing things. We help you to change your thought patterns to be more effective for you. A lot of times people don't realize that um, the way we are thinking, is affecting the way our brain is, is working. Mm. And so um, medication works, but sometimes if you change the way you're thinking, you can change the way the neurotransmitters are flowing in your brain. You can actually feel better by changing the way your thoughts are flowing. So a therapist can help you rework your thought patterns. And Show you how maybe your thoughts from your childhood on up, the way you have been trained to think, has been affecting your mood and how you approach the world. So we help you change your thoughts so that you can feel better. We help you change your habits and your behaviors so that you can feel better and you can get better results out of life. Now, better relationships and such that
0: now (laughs) see that, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I, I'm sure you have heard this a thousand times. And those who are listening, I know y'all like, okay, here she go. Hey, go kilo Now Y'all know I'm going to keep it 100 <laughs> on this podcast because that's what I do here. So let mm-hmm. me just be, be the first to say, you know how they say doctors make the worst, you know, patients. Oh, well, wow. you know what? Um, people who work in Outreach, sometimes they also make the worst patients. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, I had the experience where I had lost my son. And so to your point, to help that your your goal is to help us rework through our our thought patterns and our processes, right? And so mm-hmm. when my son had passed, you know, I don't need no therapist. Ain't that right, Robin? You know, I'm good. <laughs> I'm cool, guys. You know I me. Mean? I'm Key Lola, I'm Dosha. I'm cool. And so I remember. I was, it was like, you need to go and talk to, you know, a counselor. And I remember when I went to talk to the counselor, you're going to love this one. And she, she wants to know how, you know, how am I doing? I lost my son. I said, I'm only here because my, my former boss told me I need to come. But let me just tell you, I don't really need to be here because as long as I'm working, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she said, well, that's not good. I didn't even, you know, I didn't realize that. I don't have to work to be happy. And and I just cried. And so, like you said, um, sometimes, you know, we do have to think about where we're at in our thought processes. And so that, you know, is a segue into, for me, that was that precursor that my friend told me, I needed to talk to someone because Mm -hmm. the only way I really could function was if I was at work. If I wasn't at work, I was just, you know, I was despondent, you know, I was not myself. I remember walking into a store and someone said hello. And I was just kind of going through the motions. I don't even remember who that, I didn't even, I knew them, but I didn't know them. But when at work, I was fine. And so my friend, they, she, they noticed that. So it was kind of like an intervention. Mm-hmm. So how do people know now that we understand That you guys ain't always slapping labels on us You're just going to help right, us right. You know, process this guys Because we want you guys to understand that To me, this is probably like my most powerful podcast Because I'm combining my passion for, you know, loving yourself And, and letting everybody know who's listening How you can get some help So mm-hmm. with that being said like, I didn't know that I needed that. So how would a person know? Do we, like, I listen to my friends. So what are some other ways? I was reluctant because y'all know it took me a long time, like 30 days to get to that therapist. Right. (laughs) So it did. I'm not, I'm telling the truth for 30 days. They were like, you need to get some help. I'm like, y'all tripping. You know, it's all good. I'm cool. I'm at work. You know.
1: Well, so you had how- good friends. You had good friends and family who were like, they knew that this was something you needed to talk through. It was not a, a normal thing to just push through. So you had some good supports in your in your in your in your in your corner, and that is what everybody needs. Um, but not everybody has that.
0: That's right. That's why. Right. So how? Because uh, like I said, I heard them, but I didn't hear them. So mm-hmm. I thought that working all the time, I thought that was kind of normal, you know? Yeah. So how do we know? Like, I don't know how mm-hmm. they thought that wasn't normal. So how do we know we need help?
1: So there, there's three things that I always, there's you want to make sure that if it's interfering with your work, if it's interfering with your taking care of your home, um, like you're not cleaning up after your home or taking care of you're not cooking or whatever, or if it's interfering with your relationships with your family and significant others, if in those three areas, you're functioning, if you're seeing um, your three areas of functioning are being affected, that's a sign that you need to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Now, for you, what your family was seeing was that you were avoiding. There's a difference between distracting and avoiding. Sometimes I will encourage people to use distracting to kind of push through. But the distracting is to use to push through until you can deal with it. Like let's say you're going to push through to get to the end of the day and then we'll talk about it later. Okay. You weren't distracting. You was like, I ain't going to talk about it at all. (laughs) You're right. That's Were called. A, you're probably, that's called
0: avoiding. When you talking to my friends, I'm starting to wonder about this podcast, y'all. See how God be working with me? I, I did. Now, let me just point this out again. Now, she is the co-founder of the Black Christian Therapist Network. Okay? So, God come through even in this notice. So, she was just saying that I was avoiding. So, use me as an example. Um, talk about that a little bit more.
1: So, avoiding. It just pushes all your stuff up down, pushes it down, and it will bubble up later at most likely the most inopportune times. When I used to work with teenagers in residential, you know, you got to be a little crass with kids because it makes them laugh, but they get it. So I used to tell kids, emotions is like gas. And if you hold it in, it come out at the most inopportune time. So you got to <laughs> get it out. So, you know, you were avoiding, you was pushing it down and pushing it down. And that emotion was going to come out at the wrong time at the wrong place and in the most embarrassing kind of way. So you didn't want, your people did not want you avoiding dealing mm. with it. Um, I remember I worked at, I went and spoke at a church, um, a couple years ago and I met a, an older mother, a mother to church and we were talking. Some just made me say the word grief when we was teaching, we were actually teaching the leadership of the church and the mother said, uh, She'd been teaching Sunday school and was like an usher or something. And she just mentioned she never told the pastor, pastor this there uh, nothing. Nobody ever knew that her son had died eight, 18 years ago mm. and it was an accident and she never dealt with it. She just turned his pictures over and she just kept on serving in the church. It hurt her so much that she almost lost her mind. Wow. She kept praying her way through it and she never cried until that day. And the pastor just sat in on my section because we broke it up into two different groups. So he, my friend took one group of leaders with him and I had all the women. For some reason, they just drew to me. And she let it out and the pastor was in tears just hearing this woman tell this story and we all just prayed and talked about different people Started sharing about their grief. Um, but she shared that and never had shared it at all with anybody in that church. And she had been serving for 18 years yeah. and avoided and avoided her grief. And it hurt her. And she had so much anger towards God, but she never voiced it. And I gave her that opportunity to speak it that day and set her free. So a lot of times we just don't realize that by avoiding it, we don't give life to the, to the person that um, we're grieving either. Mm. So we, we when we put the memory of that person away, we put our grief away, we put the memory of them away too. Oh, and so wow. she never got to talk about them again. She never looked at his pictures again. She never mentioned it because she didn't want to deal with her own pain. So yeah, that's the danger of avoiding is that we avoid everything okay. associated with it. So you got
0: three. Good. Um, she gave you three key points to you know look at your personal life you know your interpersonal relationships then of course how you taking care of yourself your home you know your, your mm-hmm. family around you and then three is it affecting your work and then like me you do have there's always that you know that person that sits outside that outlier that was me and mm-hmm. I was doing what's called avoiding because you know by my own admission I said well I'm going to work so I'm good and, and my therapist I'll never forget she was like well, you know, you can't always go to work. And I remember just breaking down crying. Well, oh, what do you want me to do? I go to work, you know? And yeah. so... Um- and, and so that's what she's talking about. So guys, when you see yourself going through some of these things, this is a good time to pick up the phone. And, and do you pick up the phone? And, and call? that's my next question, because now you see all these people, you got the apps, you can app your way mm-hmm. to therapy, you can pick up the phone. What are some ways that people can actually reach out for help?
1: You can, it's so easy now. You can Google, look for therapists and put your zip code in and it'll bring up therapists in your area. You can look up Professional Black Christian Therapist Network and you can find my network of therapists. Um, you can look up therapists of color. You'll find directories that way. Um, there's some easy, excuse me, it's so much easier now with uh, the internet to be able to find therapists um, and search them and find profiles and find ones that fit you to treat the things that you're dealing with that take your insurance that have the modalities that you might be looking for. Cause it's not a one size fits all when it comes to therapists. So you do want to see who you might want to talk to. Now, what if you don't have insurance? Um, so a lot of therapists do a sliding scale. Um, so find a therapist who does a sliding scale so they can, uh, you, it can be affordable for you. Okay. So you guys,
0: sometimes, you know, if you can't pick up the phone, you know what, like she said, you can just Google and the more specific you are in your Google search, then she says the more likely that you can get a nice hodgepodge of people to call. And um, now when you call, do you just have to know what's going on? Like if you just sometimes maybe you just break down and start crying. Is that Mm -hmm. normal?
1: Yeah, I get people start crying, start talking to me on the phone. And I say, and usually it helps me get an idea of what it, what's going on with them. Because sometimes I'll ask them, so what is it that's caused you to seek counseling? And they, they can be rambling or whatever, but it, I understand what they're saying. So don't worry about what you sound like when you call. The therapist. we understand. We, we know how to decipher what you're saying. And it, it gives us an idea of what we're working with.
0: Now, did y'all hear that? Now, so see, sometimes I know you guys are like, LaDosia, you crazy. (laughs) Now, I'm telling y'all the truth because this is what this podcast is all about. Remember, guys, I'm talking to my dear, dear friend, the one and only Robin Hill. She really is a licensed professional counselor. She ain't my cousin. I know she sound like my cousin, but she's not. (laughs) And remember, she's working on her doctorate. She's studying community care counseling with a focus in traumatology. And I'm sure you guys can tell just by this conversation when she's letting us know that when we call, if we're crying, maybe sometimes we can't worse, just can't get out. They are trained and they know how to work through it. So this is our way of saying there is no right or wrong way to call. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as long as you guys reach out and even though it may seem trivial as hair, She just pointed out to us that that's a part of who you are. That's Mm -hmm. your image and it's you're connected to it. And that's where your emotions are They're in your head. So you're not quote unquote crazy because you feel some kind of way about you lost your hair.
1: You Mm -hmm. lost
0: your job. Maybe you can't lose weight. You lost a loved one, like in my case. I. This is what I thought. You know, my son, before he passed away, I thought that people from the projects, we don't lose kids unless they was like, in some type of gang or something like some type of violence or that you know, mm-hmm. how you watch TV and people are sick and they just begin to t- to deteriorate. That didn't happen. My son was like happy. He was, you know, kicking yeah. it. The next day, he was gone, and I'm like, well,
1: mm-hmm. that,
0: I uh, so I was really confused because i didn't think you hear people say oh you're you you do not want to lose your child you know you don't want to be that parent so i thought i was going to be exempt but hey guys this is real we are talking with robin hill okay i didn't try to make that rhyme robin but i'm telling you <laughs> okay so this is real we're talking with robin hill all of our emotions are normal. To a therapist, there is no such thing as trivial or petty or too small. Like she said, they are here for you and they know how to unpack this. And like she said, medicine can help. But then sometimes, and I did write this down, their primary goal, at least one of them, is to help you rework your thought patterns. And I can testify that it actually works me and my Mm -hmm. son Uh, we both had to get counseling and we thought we was okay but we were okay but we needed to get some help so um, my next question is now remember I told you guys my friends they saw me okay so other people who are listening especially now with the pandemic and you know people as a cosmetologist i'm here to tell you the mental effects of this pandemic was very Mm -hmm. real on our customers for real was the way to um You know get a a reprieve and so Mm -hmm. now it was no it was no longer there right and so how do family know when what what are they looking for in their loved ones because people get a little testy because I really I'm not gonna lie Robin I was really offended when my friends were like you need some help I was just (laughs) like I got real like boom, boom quick quick okay we're so what 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 do the family members see when they before they you know like I think LaDosha needs some help
1: I mean it varies um depending on the issue um but you definitely want to watch for when people are becoming very withdrawn and it, and we're not talking about the people who always just stay to themselves because you don't want to offend those people there are some people that's just um to themselves but when people all of a sudden just withdraw to themselves and are separating themselves from everyone, that's usually a very big sign that something's going on. Um, <clears throat> you know, you definitely want to look out for bizarre behavior, you know, anything that's bizarre. When things, you know, start to just become um, strange, that's usually a sign as well. Um, but sometimes it's it's very hard to tell, you know, but you you want to be in relationship with people to be able to tell when there's a shift. And I think that we are in a society right now where everything's so social media oriented that we can't tell when things are shifting. And that's the problem we're in right now. When we were very much, um, you know, communal, you can tell when something was going on with a person, Mm -hmm. when a person was going through something. And now we're not in that type of society. And I think we need to get back to having our card parties and, family dinners and things so that we can tell when a person is shifting. I just want sure. to
0: say card parties is what broke my family apart. No, I'm just kidding. Let <laughs> get a family going like a bad game of spades, you know? Right, okay. right. I mean, y'all quit laughing at me now. You guys quit laughing. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, so unpack that a little bit more about, you know, um, not being isolated, because I know when I was in outreach, that was really a big thing. And that was like back in the 90s, the early, you know, 2000s, where people were isolated to like their space or their group. And when it was time Mm -hmm. to come out, they just couldn't. So unpack Mm -hmm. that a little bit more about relationships and being isolated.
1: Yeah, usually when you're depressed, um, or even having like severe anxiety people tend to just withdraw to their themselves and stay in their home and and they don't want to come out and that's usually a sign of, of, of you know illness and so those are things you want to watch for um they just kind of just don't want to leave home and and they could sometimes be in a bed for days so you do want to make sure you're just checking in with people um more so you want to check and make sure they're not sick you know especially in the middle of these pandemic times you want to make sure they're well physically also but you know that's a sign of mental illness as well um just making sure that they're just not um just getting so down that they don't want to be around people mm-hmm. but again you got to make sure that that is not you know they're normal if, right. if, if, if they normally aren't around people you don't want to just all of a sudden start coming at them. Like, I think you need to see someone Right, if that's just their personality. Absolutely. There has been a shift. Have you seen a change? Yeah. That's when it's a sign.
0: I know this uh, for sure. I had a cousin who, unfortunately, she committed suicide. And I did see a sign. She was mm-hmm. posting these very, like, strange messages on social media that was not like life mm-hmm. was going to go on. And I did try to reach out to her. And she said, you know, don't be trying to social work me, you know, and, yeah. I, and I I did try, but um, I wasn't able to, you know, stop that. So uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Because sometimes now this is real. This is mm-hmm. i guy Robin here. I know y'all think I'm trying to rhyme, but I'm not. But we're here <laughs> Uh, because these to me, you know, when we think of talking to a counselor, we never get a chance to like get real, you know, mm-hmm. and, and this is real because for me, I saw I remember seeing her post stuff on Facebook, she went through, a, she had a relationship, and it didn't work out. And she was not herself. And I could see the post. And, and sometimes we we can't. So can you talk about mm-hmm. that just a little bit, maybe?
1: I made a post about this when Regina King's son passed, and I, you know, and I made it to the Virginia Kings um, because I think as soon as we saw that when her son passed, everyone's just posting up all the the um, suicide prevention posts and everything because everyone wants to make sure that there's something that we can do, and at the end of the day, we want to do everything that we can,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but sometimes. There's nothing more that we can do. And I know we don't want to hear that message, but I, I want to, I want us to take our capes off sometimes because what we wind up it leaves us with is a lot of guilt. And I had a client commit suicide and I offered her free counseling when her insurance ran out. Um, her best friend called me up after it happened and she was in a hospital. Um, she was she had initially she had survived it. But then a couple of days later, her organs just shut down and she didn't make it. Um, And I talked with her, said, you know, come see me. I tried everything, you know, but at the end of the day, um, people make choices. Mm -hmm. And you have to, you know, understand that, you know, so when you see the signs, you reach out, you try to do what you can, but you also have to understand that they have will. Yes. And um my ex husband actually had to have that talk with me when I had a client, she did not com- another client who did not commit suicide. I don't know, she may have had an attempt after she left working with me. I'm not sure. But I just remember just feeling helpless because she just continuously had these suicidal thoughts and she did make attempts I'd have to send her to the hospital. And he had to explain because he works in a psych ward and he said, you know, sometimes that's just what they want to do. Mm. And um you know, you you do what you can do, but understand that you know you're treating depression, but that's sometimes it's just that's just their decision. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to speak to people because I think we sometimes we just feel like what's the formula? Right. Someone has suicidal thoughts, what's the formula? What do I do? And you you're there, you supportive, you offer them the help if they reject it you know you just be there but there is no formula there's no magic wand i have no tricks up my in my bag i wish i had them wow um you know you know the suicide hotline if you see that they've done something you call an ambulance you call nine one one, um and you just you know you just be there when they need you you try to be there but as you said with your cousin you tried it she said don't don't you social work me she got it very indignant with you mm-hmm. and it's very hard to try to um, offer help when someone smacks it away like that yeah so you know you just all you can do is just be there when you can right and that's so
0: we, yeah so we want you guys to understand that, you know, you, we, we've heard our parents say over and over that it's two sides to this coin. Mm-hmm. And being a human, um, I'm sure you guys are definitely, you know, Robin, you are doing like an outstanding job of letting everybody know that this is definitely a journey and you don't have to go at it alone
1: mm-hmm. and that
0: there are some people here and they are called licensed professional counselors. And this is what they are trained. They are educated. They are Passionate, they are here for you. And like mm-hmm. you said, on the other side of that coin, sometimes it may not always work out in our favor. But we definitely do the the best we can. Now, I worked in outreach, and and we were always trying to do things to keep families from falling through the cracks, like mm-hmm. you know, parenting groups, anger management. What are some of the things that are taking place now? I know COVID you know, uh, that came through and then they went to online, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, over the phone. What are some other things that the mental health community is doing to think outside the box to try to help families more?
1: Oh, to help families. But I know that there's lots of supports. Um, I'm trying to start up some online supports as well. I got a group that I'm going to be starting called The Well and this is for the strong ones mm-hmm. um, this is specifically a support group for these strong ones because i realized that you know we got a lot of support groups for a lot of different things but who reaches out for the people who are considered the strong friend the strong cousin the strong sister keep who talking i wanted to come to that group keep talking yeah. <laughs> that one is for them and that's just a place to meet and for and to to, to draw strength because
0: keep ta- so give us more like where is this at and It's going to be
1: online. It's going to start off online and then eventually it'll probably wind up becoming like every maybe once a quarter or once or twice a year being a a meetup place. Um, Do you have a
0: start date for that or are you still kind of working out the particulars? I'm
1: working out the particulars. It's probably going to start in May. I'm going to say in May. Okay. Uh, you know, you know what that means, just not right? getting... You're going to
0: have to come back and let me interview you for this because I got a okay. nice little following here. By the yeah. way, thank you, uh, Spotify. Remember, you guys might not remember, but last year, Feedspot did rank What They Don't Tell You at the Hair Salon" as one of the top 25 podcasts to listen to um, last year. So thank you again, Feedspot, for all for the plugs. The plug. so, so there's love, love here. here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay. Ooh, cool. so,
0: yes, so yes, yes, So now, can you share with me um a little bit about the pause, your podcast?
1: The pause is um on Monday night, seven p.m. on kazradio.tv.com. Um, my co-host is um, the Port Laureate, Honey Honeybell Bay, and we talk about Ooh. different topics. Um, we just interview and we interview different people that have to do with self care and wellness, and sometimes it be current event topics, and then we interview a guest. However, we just flow. Um, but the main thing is just just being able to just take a moment of the day and pause and just talk about what's going on, and um, and just breathing and taking a moment me and her were just too busy people so we the name of the show is just significant of, of our lives needing to take a pause wow um,
0: i like okay. that i and yeah. Honey Bell Bay, she is like the whippity snap now as before we wrap this so we got about like three more minutes here okay so before you you give us all your wonderful good um licensed professional counselor some more advice um can you You talk about, like, listening to podcasts. Um, Can these help, uh, uh, like, you talked about some alternatives to just kind of distract? Now, we're not saying this is in lieu of, but listening, because, like, I want to come to your groups. I like the way you talked about the pause. Can we use these types of platforms to just kind of woosah? Are these good platforms
1: or help us out? Yes. I think so. I think there's good and bad to everything. You know, there's a lot of trash out there, but I think, <laughs> that there, I think that there is, um, I think there's a lot of things, good things out there too. I think good conversation is always healthy. Um, I think having a, you know, I think podcast creates like a little virtual community and, um, especially if you, you know, have ways of follow up and stuff, there's a way of uh, connecting. And in our time, we need more ways of connecting and having connection. So um, creating thought is good. Having conversation is good. People take this conversation and take it to work with them and say, you know, I, was, I heard this podcast and they was talking about this. And, and I think, so I really do think podcasts are healthy and, and um Yeah, I believe, yes, this is really good. Like I said, there's some trash out there. You get a lot of people repeating the negative stuff that they hear on Mm -hmm. podcasts. So being able to have podcasts to put out some positive energy, yes, wonderful. Right.
0: Yes, yeah, so, and so what we're doing in this podcast, as we wrap it up, we wanted you guys to understand that all of the we used Jada Pinkett's um a situation with her hair as an example. Where they the they did show us a video where a few days before she was saying that she was okay, and this was according to the news, of course. But then the next day, when the joke happened, she was not okay. And so what, Robin Hill? Again, she is a licensed professional counselor, and I want you guys to understand um what she's saying is that all of our feelings are normal Mm -hmm. and that the as professionals they are not and when I say just you know and I really mean that they're not just these people who just that other side you know they actually have a a a a, um a wealth thought out, a well-planned, a considered process to help you unpack whatever it is that you're going through. And there are various ways that you can reach out. You do have your traditional way of making your phone calls, but like she said before, you can definitely be specific in your search. There's sliding scale fees. There's all types of support groups. I'm definitely going to ask her to come back when she gets her group going. Of course, I'm going to participate because I'm considered one of the strong ones too. So I I, and I admire you like so, 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 so much. You did, I did um, read in your bio that you are a published author. Is there a book that we can look forward to or do you have something out that we can buy or what do you have as an author before we wrap this up in this last two minutes?
1: Yes, I have um, A Healing Conversation, Beginning Steps Towards the End of the Painful Past. And that is a short book that really talks about how to start Um, engaging the counseling process and i have Refresh a therapeutic devotional which is a book that teaches christians how to engage meditation through prayer and journaling so it's a 40-day devotional so those are both on my website robinhillservices.com that's robin with a y hillservices.com now are these pdfs or are these ebooks those are actual physical books that are that you can buy on amazon but you can get the links on my website All right. So what I'm going to do, because y'all know I'm
0: the giveaway queen, right? So the first person who emails me at Ladoshaw at yahoo.com, I'm going to buy those books and mail them to you, okay? Because I know Robin is the bomb. And these are the types of books that we need to help us process. Because, like we said, this we are works in progress and prayer. I've definitely people pray for me. I believe in prayer. So she's letting you know that prayer is definitely okay. It goes hand in hand with getting, you know, some professional help. So if you are one of those people who kind of question, you know, can you have religion? Can you have therapy? She's specialized. She's getting her PhD, guys, in um, uh, community care counseling with a focus in traumatology. So she's definitely saying that it's okay to couple therapy with prayer. Is that correct? Am I correct in that?
1: Yes your faith any faith and and therapy can go hand in hand Oh, she said any, okay, guys, faith. any mm-hmm.
0: faith, okay, all right. So with that being said, um, as we wrap this up, can you, I know you got your two favorite books. Now, remember you guys can email me at ladoshaw at yahoo.com and I will get those two books. I will put them in the mail and mail them off to you. But can you recommend um, a
1: book or mm-hmm. maybe even a quote or you could do both as we a wrap book. this up? A book I highly recommend going with this conversation we're talking about today about hair and stress is um, The Deepest Well by Dr. Nadine Burke. I believe it's her name. Um, But The Deepest Well is the title. And it talks about toxic stress and um, childhood trauma and how it affects the body and how we have illnesses in our community um, because of what we've experienced. And it really goes in depth about how that affects us, all the immune disorders and all of that.
0: Wow. See, I told y'all, Robin Hill keeps it real. How can we find you? I mean, what if we want some help from you, uh, you know, from my, from my, what they don't tell you at the healthcare family?
1: RobinHillServices.com, R-O-B-Y-N, HillServices.com just that simple. So Mm -hmm. with
0: that being said, I would like to thank you so very much for your time. It was been heck trying to get this interview going, but (laughs) let me just tell you, it was extremely, extremely worth the wait. So again, can you repeat your uh, website? One more again, robinhillservices.com. So it's just that simple. That's how you can reach out to her. She is absolutely phenomenal. So thank you again so much. And you guys know what I say when I'm always signing out, right? I'm always talking about a whole lot of peace, a whole lot of love, and most certainly a whole lot of hair. But check this out. If you ain't got no hair, don't want no hair, can't grow no hair, can't stand hair. Heck, as a matter of fact, you plan on cutting it off for 2022. You know what I say? Don't even worry about it. Just rub your beautiful ball head because bald heads are beautiful too and so are you. Thank you so much, Robin. We appreciate you. Thank
1: you for having me.